Hello and welcome back to Why Morocco, a bi-weekly podcast dedicated to spotlighting some of the inspiring creative personalities who share my love of the North African Kingdom of Morocco. My name's Mandy Sinclair, known online as Mandy in Morocco, and I'm the host of the show. On this week's episode, I'm chatting design, shopping, what to buy and where to buy it when visiting Marrakesh. I'm joined by the managing director of Elfen, and his name is Willem Smith. This episode could have easily been recorded while sitting at one of our favorite bars in town. It's truly just two friends having a good old chat. But instead, we were lounging about my salon, chatting about the things we love. Let's listen in on Willem's insider tips to shopping and visiting Marrakesh. I feel like we should have a bottle of, of wine, I think. Because <laughs> like, I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, when did I first meet Willem? And do you remember we were sitting in the patio at Elfen and we drank... We were drinking French wine and then you were living there at the time and you just kind of, uh, suddenly I was like, where did Willem go? And then I was like, oh, he, he goes to bed. I was like, oh, okay. Good night. And then the next day I was flying to Geneva and I had like <laughs> such. Was with Megan? Yeah, Megan was there and I had such a hangover. So <laughs> <laughs> those are my first memories of you. And little did I know that they would be like. <laughs> many to follow. Yeah. Many of those nights. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but let's talk about um, Elfen because I remember, like, I've been here seven and a half years and you've been here six and a half. No, I've been here seven. Oh, oh my goodness. Last August, I was here exactly seven years. Oh, okay. But when you arrived, because what I remember Elfen when I first went there is it definitely was not in the state that it is in now. It just didn't have the Willem Smith touch. So <laughs> <laughs> would you agree with me? Uh, yeah, it's always, it's, that's always kind of, well, listen, I mean, it's seven years, seven years mm -hmm. onwards and upwards. And by the sheer fact of the, you know, the, the money that we've invested in it, I, I, I surely hope that it shows, um, like, you know, what you're referring to as the Willem Smith touch, uh, <laughs> Yeah, but it's true. No, 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 no. It is true. I mean, but you know, it's it's always it's always kind of difficult to sort of say like you know, okay, you know, this is sort of a boundary where I came in, and this is me. I mean, you know, I think the success and the uniqueness of Alphenis. I mean, all these places and all these concepts—they're all sort of like talking and trying to be eclectic. And you know, I'm not a big fan of that word eclectic per se. Mm -hmm. um, However, I do feel that Elfen is very eclectic because, I mean, you know, it's the building in itself. It's the history of the building. Um, it's also because of all those buildings weren't purchased in one go. So one came after the other and was then connected. And, you know, so all the floors don't match and, you know, it's all very different. And, you know, so it's, it's the time and it's also the people that were involved. I mean, you know, it started out about 15 years ago, Howell and Vanessa trying wanting to buy that as a holiday home and it sort of got out of hand. And then their first input, it was Frederick and, you know, his partner doing the first bits uh, of, of like, you know, renovation and decoration, you know, and over the last seven years, I've definitely been very dominant and it's also where my great interest is. So, um, you know, and you, it's sort of like a love affair. I mean, I, I sort of, I sort of feel like, you know, Elfen as my, Although I don't live there physically, but I, you know, I do see it as sort of as my primary home where I allow people to come and visit. <laughs> <laughs> and 
stay once in a while. <laughs> Instead, well, you do let us stay in your house. On no, 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 no. I, yes. I get that, but I mean, yeah. you know, it is. Mm-hmm. You know, we try to. I mean, it's not really thought out, but I mean, it's 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 all happened the way it happened. But I mean, you know, the look and the feel is very much um, as if you're staying at someone's mm-hmm. private home. And, you know, the, the, the art collection, the fact that there are no locks on the door, the, the fact that there are no televisions. I mean, you know, that is very important. It's very difficult when you're so, like, you know, involved in the process and you're, you know, you're, mm-hmm. uh, it's your creative process to guard that feeling of uh, that feeling as if you're entering someone's home. Yeah. And. I completely agree with you. You've got really lovely chairs and lovely textiles and great spaces to just relax on the courtyards and the corridors and whatnot. So what, um, I guess what I'm wondering is like, how would you describe your style? If it's not eclectic, what would be your style? Um, well, first, I think, I think I can, I'm a, I'm good at, um, set dressing. Mm -hmm. You know, I can, I can, I can walk around the hotel or through my own house, or even like, you know, I do it, and even I. if I'm not being asked, <laughs> like, you know, at, at friends and family's houses and all of that. You know, so I can, I can sort of scan what is there, mm-hmm. and then make a new composition, and that works. Mm-hmm. And you know, and then add a few bits and pieces. So that's also why it's always changing because you know. Uh, I, I walk through that hotel and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. I think like, you know, this mirror needs to go with this lamp and this chair, or, you know, or a, mm-hmm. a certain piece should go in that corner of, 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 of a specific room. So um, for me, it is, it's, it's a lot set dressing. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't call myself an architect. I'm not trained as an architect. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, yeah. it's all just, this all just came to me. So what I'm doing is, is more decorating and, you know, I'll do a, although, when we do renovations, then, you know, I also determine the space and um, sort of the floor plan and all of that. But I mean, I find my, I feel that I'm way more a decorator and a set dresser than I'm, you know, than it's architecture. So have you always had this um, set designer or interior oh, designer? Have you, have you always had that in your DNA? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it is in my DNA, um, but yes, no, very much. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, this is also like the stories that, you know, I'm being told, although, of course, I've got my own memories there. But, yeah, I mean, I was, I was seriously, I think I was not even six years old and I had a complete white bedroom, everything, white. <laughs> Floor, walls, bed, bed linens. Even the, the books that I had, like, you know, I would take, like, you know, printing paper mm-hmm. and cover the books that I had with white paper. I mean, and I was, but I, I, I can't be, I think I was six, perhaps seven. And, you know, and then my parents would come back from work and then all of a sudden, like the whole living room and, you know, it would drive my mother nuts. But the, the funny thing is she always let me in a way, but then, and then that's still, I mean, I find it, I find that quite intriguing. I mean, I do love change. I love mm-hmm. change in my own houses. I love change mm-hmm. in, the hotel, I think that sort of like, you know, creates an atmosphere. For example, if I've traveled and I come back here in my house, then I literally need to touch, touch the things. And I think that sort of like 
brings the atmosphere and your sort of like your vibe into right. a place. Mm -hmm. But I mean, most people are very bad with change. I mean, they don't like change. Mm -hmm. They're yes, sort of right. like freak out uh -huh. as soon as you start moving one thing from left to right. And I think like, you know. Well, where do you think your love or need for change came from? Um, well, I'm very, very visual. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it's, it's all these cliches. I mean, you know, uh, I think uh, I've always been very visual. Um, and um, so for me, that is that is so part of my existence that I don't even like, you know, it, it comes to me like by mm -hmm. complete. Yeah, just natural. Yeah. Um, but going back to your white bedroom, do you ever think that maybe you're OCD? <laughs> Of course, I'm totally OCD. <laughs> no, I am OCD. I mean, for me, a composition is like, yeah. you know, it is like, you know, it's it's sort of an output of, of like your creativity. And it is like, and I don't want to make it bigger than it is. But I mean, you know, if someone paints, if someone makes a photograph mm -hmm. or someone paints a painting, mm -hmm. then, you know, it's very much about the details. And, it's very, and for me, so, I mean, if I create a composition, Mm -hmm. Then that is like, you know, so don't move then one of those items from from left to right. I mean, yeah, so so it, it's, you know, it's 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 a gift. On the other hand, it's yeah. also yeah, it it's is. also a burden because I mean, for me, I'm not there per se walking through that whole environment, whether it's my house or mm -hmm. it's the hotel or whatever, like I'm sort of involved with. I don't necessarily walk through that space whole day in enjoying the beauty. I see the things that need to change. I, I see the things that can, uh, that mm -hmm. can go, that, that I can do better. I mean, mm -hmm. so I mean, it's also, it's sometimes bloody tiring. <laughs> yeah. Quoted, it's tiring to be Willem Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Exhausting. Exhausting. Saint Laurent credits Morocco for inspiring him to use color in his collections. And looking around Elfen, it's just easy to conclude that you, too, love color. Have you always been a fan of colorful interiors, or mm. is that like Moroccan enchantment? No, that, that totally came here. Really? Yeah. Okay. I mean, again, like, you know, Elfen, there was, there was a very strong base already. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, the red corridors were there, the, the tadalaks in the rooms. I mean, most of those colors have I've adjusted or, you know, changed mm -hmm. or whatever. But, I mean, you know, the base was colorful. Um, and, um, and I also believe that, you know, people come to Morocco and come and stay at Elfen because of this. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you know, choosing or, or creating your own surroundings. I've had it all at my own house. I mean, the colors, all of it. And, yeah. you know, I come to a point that I find all the impulses too much. I mean, if you now come to my house, it's sort of like white and it's very, you know, it's not it's not as bright and, and, and colorful as El Fennis. But I mean, you know, yes, Morocco uh, has brought that into my life. And the funny thing about Morocco is also that, I mean, it's also the light, the natural light. Yes. And it is the, the, the darkness. I mean, it's the windows. And then all of a sudden, if you have a dark room and then you get that light through, like, you know, the, a window that might have a fence over it and you get the shadow. So, I mean, it's a combination that it really works. I mean, some th things that might work here doesn't... That's why I always yeah. say, like, you know, when people come here, they get very eager to buy and they want rugs and they want cushions and they want this and that. And mm -hmm. then, you know, I always say, like, and then you go home and then you yeah. sort of find out that, I mean, 
You can't mm-hmm. bring Morocco. You can bring a little bit of Morocco into your house, but you you never get the same thing as that that it's over here. So, what are some of the things that people shop for that you just think like you would forewarn them? Like, just don't. It doesn't work when you're back in Europe or North America. Well, you know the 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 the, the funny thing about Moroccan um, uh, drugs is a big thing, of mm-hmm. of course, over here. Um, but I mean, as soon as you purchase a Moroccan rug, you also need to keep in mind that that rug probably has a life circle of about five to seven years. I mean, mm-hmm. you won't take that same rug to your retirement home. Mm-hmm. They've never been produced that way. It's never meant to be that way. So, I mean, it is a consumer good and sort of enjoy it for a period of five to seven years. And that's about it. Um, but I mean, you know. Really? Even like the classics, like yeah. Benny Reigns? Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, it depends on how you use yeah. it. Mm-hmm. But uh, like, you know, the Indian and the Turkish rugs, quality-wise, mm-hmm. and the materials they use, that's, I mean, that's way more, long, more long-lasting than the Moroccan rugs are. I had no idea. Okay. So do you still sell rugs at the shop? We sell rugs at the shop. But the funny thing is, like, you know, uh, people are... Um, Although it's not in the system to negotiate or bargain, they always feel that, I mean, they might find the same thing in the Medina Mm -hmm. and can bargain it for a way cheaper price, which at the end of the day is actually not the case. I mean, Mm -hmm. we, we, we sell them, we carry them, but more for me to sort of like, you know, again, to make a composition that works, but it's not one of the best selling items. Okay. So back in 2015, you did open the shop at El Fan, and I think it's one of the finest in Marrakesh, and you've really curated it quite well. The selection of things from interior design, fashion, beauty products, and books. So how do you select what's included in the El Fan collection? Well, you know, with, the, with that shop, that, this, this started out with, with four shelves at the reception. That's right. You know, and then, uh, so people ask, like, you know, the the, the do, do you sell the coffee cups that you use it for breakfast? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have these specific pool towels that people really mm-hmm. love. So, you know, so it started out with these simple sort of like items. This was also in a time that, you know, the hotel was way quieter. And then <clears throat> that all went well. And then you got these upcoming designers uh, in, in Marrakesh. So, I mean, Artsy uh, came to Marrakesh. Nouria started doing mm-hmm. her. Uh, Kaftans and Jalabas and all of that. And then so we saw the, a, a bit of this. And so that all went perfectly well. And then we had this space in uh, in the hotel, which was basically the winter restaurant. But we were only using that for about three months here. And the rest mm-hmm. was sort of a dead, empty space. And again, I, I do feel when a space hasn't been occupied or been used for a long time, it's not so much about the whole scenery, mm-hmm. but you can just feel it in the whole atmosphere. So this was a weird space in the middle of the hotel. And then this whole idea came to sort of turn that into a shop slash winter restaurant. So one thing led to the other. And, you know, we were in a bit of a luxury position because, you know, we run a hotel. Mm -hmm. It was never, it was a space that wasn't making any money. So any money that would make was more than it was at the time. So we had the luxury of, of being able to be selective. So we basically, or I selected basically the things that I really found beautiful. Uh, and I definitely want to bring a few items that weren't that available in, in Marrakesh. So books and coffee table books. Mm-hmm. And I think like a certain mix always really works. So 
home accessories, a bit of clothing and, you know, fragrances, candles. Well, the, the, yes. the obvious things. I mean, you know, I, I didn't invent this whole concept. It's been done over and over again. But, you know, um, uh, for us, it's not so much a commercial drive, that's, uh, but it's more an aesthetic. And I think, so, you know, we're, we, can, we can choose. Well, I think it's just you've created a boutique hotel in its truest sense in that what people see in the hotel, they can then buy in the shop. Yeah. Isn't that true? Yeah, yeah. One step one step further is that, I mean, you know, we've been asked this over and over again. Why don't you sell the furniture? That's But, I mean, then you get into a whole thing um, where I really don't want to go. I mean, we do... We do now, we've allocated uh, spaces that where we sell art and where we organize twice, three times a year an exhibition. And those pieces are for sale. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and some piece of furniture, like, you know, I curate to sell at the shop. Mm-hmm. But if a guest is staying and say like, you know, can I buy that chair in room 14 or that lamp? I always say no. Yeah. What would be the mo- the item that you could sell several times over from within one of the rooms? Um, that's a good question. Um, well, you know, we have, every room has mm-hmm. like really one or two like mid-century piece of furniture and, you know, we're often being asked about those. Um, but that's also what Elfen makes unique. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be brutally honest, like seven years ago, I mean, I would buy those pieces within or within Morocco, I mean, there's two or three suppliers and those suppliers are still existing. But I mean, I'm convinced that 90% of their supply is now coming from Europe. Mm. So for me, it's now easier to either go to the flea market in Paris or to go to certain mm. places in Europe and then put it on a bus and send it back to Morocco because mm. in price, what price, mm. there's no difference anymore, you know, and, and, and um, there's more unique pieces to find in Europe. But it's becoming rarer and rarer and you know and people know what they're selling and it's became it became really popular mm-hmm. so you're not really somebody who sits still for very long you're always <laughs> moving coming up with new ideas you always have a project on the go and as you said earlier like elfen is a collection of several different riads is there anything in the works that you can tell us about well you know we, we um um, we're in the process of buying the neighbors, so that's going to. So we're going to add six more rooms to Elfen and uh, a cinema room, okay. a wine cellar, and then um, as it's now, I just had a meeting with the with the architect, and we're going to have like where, where we now have just one punch pool uh, on the roof terrace. That's going to be a fourteen meter swimming pool on the roof. Oh, cool. So I think that is is going to create uh, a huge added value um, because I mean you know uh, until the end of the year we nearly do an eighty percent we do over eighty percent occupancy so you know added or adding rooms makes sense mm-hmm. um, we hope to expand Elfen a tiny bit more but was completely depending on like you know if if properties become available and if that's property then is mm-hmm. like you know of added value to Elfen. Uh, we're looking at um, starting a farm on the foot of the Atlas Mountains where we're going to grow our own vegetables 
where it's really going to be eco. So, you know, the, the, the electricity, the power, the heating, all of that stuff we're going to do, like, you know, from scratch, which I think, like, you know, Alfen was there for all of us. I mean, you know, the buildings were there, there were families living there. So you sort of had to go in a time with what was there and what was possible. So the great thing there is that we can sort of start from scratch and then we want to build uh, 16 or 18 pavilions for people to stay and uh, have a bit of a farm with horses and all of that. So I hope that's, um, that will, that project will start in 2019. Um, and then ideally we would like to open, so that would be the second LFN. And then ideally we would like to open a third LFN, but we've been looking for already two or three years to find a location and either we found the location and then the deal didn't work out or you know, something was offered to us that didn't really completely mm -hmm. felt right. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, that's, that's, that's all sort of like on the go. Mm -hmm. um, but I just have a question because I've been following some people on Instagram from these hotels in different, around the world. And basically what they're doing is they're, they design like based on what could be Instagrammable. Do you take that into consideration when you're designing a room or a space? No. I'm so happy. Because I would imagine most of your clientele is not the millennial type, is it? It's more... Yeah, and still, I mean, to be... Again, it's, for me, it's very difficult to sort of, like, be the judge. Because, I mean, I look at our own Instagram accounts, and I often have these discussions. I mean, you know, still, a pool gets most of the hits. Mm -hmm. um, where photos from... An aesthetic point of perspective, I find really beautiful, then mm -hmm. gets gets way less. So, I mean, you know, um, for us, um, managing Elfen um, in terms of like, you know, all these people knocking on the door because they want to have their Instagram photos taken, um, is, is it's quite hard mm -hmm. and it's, it's also quite difficult and sometimes disappointing for the people that are actually paying for a room to stay there and you know that it's quite interfering so it is a balance that you need to find uh, at the same time it brings us it's i think it is the main source of uh why people find us or how people find us why they come to us and all of that funny enough most people still say because it is so unexpected and you know it's it's a labyrinth where you're walking through so people that's very difficult to capture in a photo. So people are still pleasantly surprised when they see it in reality, yeah. where I sort of suspect and what, I, what my experience is as a traveler, that often it's the opposite that, you know, people tend to send their most beautiful photos and completely styles and all of that. And then you come there and you, you think, okay, yeah, I can see it, but okay. it is not as beautiful as I hoped or expected it, it would be. So, I mean, you know, so apparently we still seem to surprise people. Mm -hmm. um, but to answer your question, no. If I, if I make choices in terms of aesthetics, renovations, uh, all of that, it's never ever uh, with, like, you know, Instagram in mind. Yeah. No. no, it's more, it's, it's more like, you know, my own experience, how I like to 
enjoy my own space or a hotel room mm-hmm. or you know um, that's that's more mm-hmm. the trigger Talk about you have a house in Essaera and it's very much signed by Willem Smith <laughs> would you say or is that kind of another outpost of Elfen or is it completely no, I mean, you know, it's 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 it started at the time that I was thinking of buying or building a house in, in Marrakesh and at the end of the day that didn't work out. Uh, and I always loved from the day I came here seven years ago, I loved Eswira. I mean I like to see I grew up, you know, at seaside and you know, so um so then I bought this piece of land, started with the architects, but I had the shape in mind and I wanted to create sort of a loft type of space where you could entertain, have guests, but it wouldn't be like, you know, this posh, mm-hmm. huge mansion, sort mm-hmm. of like, you know, set to impress. Um, so um, this was, this, you know, I loved the process and I liked the process. So for me, the process was very, very important, but it's very much my home. And, you know, because I don't live there permanently, um, I rent it out, but, um, so for listeners who may want to book a private villa near Essaouira, how can they do so? Uh, they just go to the website Villa Mabruka and then, you know, all, all the information is there. The contact details are there mm-hmm. and then it, it goes via email. And then we have a minimum stay of two nights, mm-hmm. sleep six people, mm-hmm. and it is a 10, 15 minutes drive outside of Essaouira. And we should also say it's like a little piece of paradise. But I remember I was describing the um, the house to some guests the other night on my food tour. And I was just telling they were saying like, well, what can you do there if it's 15 minutes from Essaouira? And I was like, no, you just relax. The pool's amazing. You can go down and like feed the donkeys, right? Yeah. Like you have five donkeys. Three. Oh, three donkeys. And are they kind of getting fat? <laughs> <laughs> They're a bit, they became a bit of a project, yes. <laughs> So my friend who took care of the house and the donkeys and the dogs uh, last summer, mm-hmm. she really got into the whole thing. And so they're now on a regime and uh, they're being brushed once a week and they're being, yeah. So there's a whole uh, program set up for them, uh, but they're very cute. They are so cute. And what do, what do your three dash hounds think of them? <laughs> well, they love to bark at them as they like to bark at everything that moves, but um, no, but I mean, even they sort of like calm down when they're out there. No, it's, oh, it's, wow. it's, 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 it's lovely. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's a five minutes drive from the beach mm-hmm. and it's a completely desolated beach and mm-hmm. you can walk for hours there and it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it is, it's, 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 it is good to come with a car because then mm-hmm. you sort of, you know, you can, because that's where itself is very lovely. Yeah. But, but I think, I think two days Essaouira in the you know, in a Riyadh in the Medina, and then two days at yours would be a lovely getaway. Oh, you know, that's also why why uh, what we said about, um, you know, in terms of like expanding the Elfen brand, mm-hmm. I think, you know, if you go to, you either go to Marrakesh and you stay there for three days and you mm-hmm. do everything in and around Marrakesh, or you come for a week and 10 days and then you want to go someplace mm-hmm. else. And then um, the Atlas Mountains, slash Ulrika Valley makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And Essaouira or the coast makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a very nice triangle to do where everything is sort of like in reach 
for a maximum of two and a half hours drive. So, I mean, yeah. you know. Yeah, you have like a little. A short haul flight and then yeah. you can still see yeah. a lot of Morocco. So. Yeah. For those listeners who are coming over for a weekend getaway or even those who are staying a bit longer, what are some of your must purchase items that you recommend travelers take home with them? It's different, like, you know, I, I just approach it from an interior design point mm-hmm. of perspective. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not so much like, you know, you need to like close. I mean, there's some lovely place yeah. to go to and visit and, you know, things happening over here, but that's not my main interest. Um, I think, I still love, if I go to the, to, to the spice market, I love those wicker ba- uh, uh, baskets mm-hmm. with the leather inside or with, with the, you know, they're embroidered and all of that. I think that is still a great buy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there are some nice galleries that you can visit. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some, in terms of art, there's, there's great things happening. And uh, we now have, you know, but he's already discovered, but we now have like, you know, wonderful exhibition by Hassan Ajaj, mm-hmm. which I still, I still love his work. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of books, if you go to the East Saint Laurent Museum, but, you know, again, like Marrakesh is so affiliated with the whole Yves Saint Laurent mm-hmm. history and all of that. But I mean, you know, at the museum, they sell the most amazing books. Yes, they do. In terms of like you know their life, their lifestyle, their interiors, their gardens, all of that, and you know, so um, I think like one of those one or two books that are really interested, uh, interesting in terms of that. Um, I love the pottery from fairs. Mm-hmm. Yes, you do. <laughs> I love the black and the white. I love mm-hmm. like you know the, the the bowls that we use, like you know the beautifully painted and. Um, I really, I mean, that's that's what I what what I still take home. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some really good argan oils, uh, herbs. Um, what else do I love? Beautiful, you know, the, you can buy beautiful blankets and mm-hmm. and table linens and uh, um, also often from fairs. Yeah, and I still I still love like you know if you if you. If you are, what I do love, like, is take things home and sort of have the memory of the purchase. And, and, and you know, so, I mean, if you're thinking about a rug, then buy it in Morocco. But by, you know, don't immediately think that you're going to get a bargain mm-hmm. and, you know, go for quality. Yes. I mean, like everywhere in the world, things you can get in a Medina that might have been produced in China. Mm-hmm. You're talking about like, you know, the Benny Warren carpets, which are the traditional off-whites with often like, you know, the checker pattern. I mean, 90%, 95% of those are new, which is not mm-hmm. a problem, but be aware of it. And, you know, um, so there are a few suppliers where you can still get the really good vintage and the old stuff, but then you still have better price than buying it in London or New York yeah. or whatever. But I mean, you know, don't expect to walk home or go home with a rug of 300 pounds. I mean, you know. That's one thing I think is really important is like when negotiating to to keep a fair price for both people. Like, Oh, for me, it always to... works very simple. I mean, you have a gut. I mean, it works the same way if you walk into any shop in 
Europe and you see an item and you sort of turn it around and then you expect to see a price and then your gut feeling says, is it worth it or is it not? Yeah. I mean, there's a margin that you might negotiate, but that margin is becoming smaller and smaller. So, I mean, you know, you still need to trust your gut feeling. And, you know, I had it like, you know, a couple of weeks ago. So one of these wicker baskets with, it, you know, that was like, you know, with leather and it had like beautiful fabric on the insides and all of that. And, you know, so this lady comes to me and she says, like, do you think that I paid the right price? I said, how much did you pay for it? Well, something around 15 pounds. I said, listen, I said, you know, this is probably like, you know, half day work for someone. Yeah. I said, look at the materials, look all of that. I said, if you just add those things up, what do you think? Yeah, exactly. I mean, for me, I don't have an answer to that question, but I mean, I have the logic to come to sort of like a rational, and that is, I think is important in like, you know, shopping around a country where it's expects or it's in the culture to negotiate. And also keep in mind that sometimes like, you know, people haven't sold anything for a day or that day, and yeah. they might sell under, under their margin. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so it's, it's, it's give and take. So if you had a day off and you were in Marrakesh, what would you recommend people to do? Whoa, if I, uh, what would I recommend people to do? Uh, at least go outside of the city, mm -hmm. whether you go towards Orica or the Atlas or, mm -hmm. you know, the other way where, you know, you have sort of the desert, desert type of surroundings. Uh, and particularly in the winter months when you have the clear skies and you see the, the snow on the Atlas mm -hmm. Mountains and you, mm -hmm. you see the palm trees and like all these contrasts and the beautiful light again. So, I mean, do go outside of the go outside of town, mm -hmm. um, go to the square around 7.30, 8 o'clock, mm -hmm. leave everything at home, mm -hmm. go for a quick round and, you know, and then, uh, but you need to experience that yeah, craziness. And um, I mean, you know, the same thing, like I say to people in London, I mean, you know, you don't walk through Oxford or Regent Street, like, you know, five times a week. The same way I see the Medina, mm -hmm. but, you know, take a guide, go early, mm -hmm. tell them that you're not there on a shopping mission, but mm -hmm. that you really want to see things and go to the Quran school and go to the um, secret garden. And um, I mean, it's definitely something, but go early mm -hmm. and the earlier, the better, I always feel. And uh, definitely go to the Yves Saint Laurent Museum. I love that place. I think it's one of the nicest places in Marrakesh. Well, it's sort of out of place. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, we, we, we understand it and we see it because of the history that, you know, mm -hmm. they, Pierre Berger and Yves Saint Laurent, have, like the history they have with the city. But, I mean, you know, it's quite exceptional for a city to have, like, you know, a museum mm -hmm. and telling the story of a brand that is, like, you know, so well-known, um, but that also makes it so special. Mm -hmm. And I would say, like, um, the bookshop at the Yves Saint Laurent Museum, definitely that Pierre, uh, Eve and I book that I read. Yeah. Oh, oh, my God, so scandalous. Definitely a must-buy. Yeah. But the other book I've been eyeing up, and I'm waiting till it comes out in French, is a book about the Art Deco new towns across Morocco, because I find those so fascinating. So yeah, that's and the worrying my... thing is that, that all might disappear. I mean... Absolutely. Like, I was... 
had an interview with an architect from Casablanca for an article I wrote, and he was just basically explaining to me, he's Moroccan, that the locals don't see that as part of their heritage because it was something that the French left. So, well, the Medina and all that is, but what they're trying to do through um, Casa Memoir is to explain that, like, no, these... Um, you know, the Art Deco houses are finished with zelige and um, the carved stucco. So the, the techniques that we see in Riyadh, you'll also find in these villas and um, some of the like multi-story, I mean, four-story apartment blocks or whatnot. Um, it still exists as well, but it's, they're disappearing so quickly. So. Yeah, and it's a shame. And I think mm-hmm. that's, that's, that should be a role of the government mm-hmm. or the city to sort of like, you know, make lists. Mm-hmm. of uh, buildings that are actually monuments and that mm-hmm. can't be touched. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, as you said, I mean, a lot of them, particularly from um, the French periods, mm-hmm. none of that has been protected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really sad. Maybe something for UNESCO to consider. Although I think Casa Memoir was trying to get the downtown, the Casablanca downtown core UNESCO protected. Yeah, but even there, I find it quite surprising. I mean, you know, the the the, the square and the Medina's on the World's Heritage mm-hmm. list, and if I see how that has changed, even a view from yes. the rooftop towards mm-hmm. the square, I mean, light, and apparently this is all possible. I don't know mm-hmm. how that works. No, I don't know either. So I'm going to stop the recording. I think that, were there any last words? <laughs> Wise words from Willem. <laughs> If all that chat about design in Marrakesh has left you inspired to visit, head on over to mandianmorocco.com where you can book your stay at El Fen directly from my website. Or if you're coming to Marrakesh and curious to explore beyond the Marrakesh Medina, join us for a private tour combining contemporary and more classic designers, street food, and colonial era architecture. One of our Tasting Marrakesh tours takes guests through Gillies and into some of our favorite art galleries housed in Art Deco gems, showrooms of contemporary designers, parks, and religious buildings that surprise visitors who dare to venture beyond the Marrakesh Medina. We chat history, eat street food, and shop. You know, some of my favorite things. Our website is tasting-marrakesh.com for more details. That's Marrakesh with a C-H. And remember, all of our tours are private and bespoke, so we only take you to the places that interest you. But for now, it's time to say see you in two weeks. And I think it's time to chat fashion over here on Why Morocco, don't you? So join me next time when I'll be chatting with fashion industry insiders here in Marrakech.